testing. Whoa. Hallelujah. Lord, let's, Lord, let's pray. <laughs> okay. Okay, guys. Lord, let's pray. <laughs> Lord, we need to pray. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for drawing our hearts. Thank you for the move of your spirit and your presence. Your presence is heaven, Lord, and we thank you for who you are. Oh, Jesus, I pray you'll speak to us, that you'll minister to our hearts, that there'll be uh, the moving of your spirit in this place tonight, that every person in the body who's struggling with any kind of physical thing, sickness, whatever, that you will move by your spirit on their hearts Lord, and on their bodies. I pray for Kim, man, that you will raise her up and heal her. Thank you, Lord, for turning Kathy Gauthier's situation. Thank you that she's started improving and is doing better. I thank you for that, Lord. And, Lord, I thank you for your, your goodness. I thank you for Audie McGuire. Thank you for the healing that you're doing in his body, for strengthening him, raising him up. I thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I went to see Audie today, just briefly, and he looked so good. The last time I saw him, I'm telling you, that man looked horrible. He's white as a sheet and a little, little, little touch of gray. Uh, but his color was like back in his eyes and his face and I'm like whoa man you're looking like you might be gonna live um during the week of prayer and fasting i shared a little bit out of a book with the idea from the letters of the word pray p-r-a-y as a pattern for prayer and i want to talk a little bit tonight about the first piece of that the p is i'll refresh what those are P is pause, R is rejoice, A is ask, and Y is yield, or yes. Why is the action piece? Um, but the P is, take off your jacket, the warning. If you guys start getting too warm, just start yelling, fire, fire, and we'll turn the heat down. Um, so, the a P is for pause. And anytime you come into a place of prayer, you're going to come to prayer. You're coming to God. You're coming to come to God. You've got to stop. Whatever the engine is that's going in you. Because there's... Uh, the work of the flesh, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. And then it goes through a list of things that are all about push, 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 push. And when you're coming in the presence of the Lord, you, you want to come and uh, stop. You want to pause. It's an internal pause. It's like stop yourself and collect yourself and realize where you are, who you're before, and, wh and who you are, where you are as a person in that. So I want to share just a little bit about, uh, whoa, about out of John 15. We'll start with John 15. Um, I think I told you guys you know you're just really tired when your phone does not recognize your face. It's like, whoa. Um, John 15. Um, and John 15 is where Jesus talked about the true vine. And he said, I am the true vine. And he's giving a, a picture of something that is non-striving. He's, he's giving an analogy or a picture of something that exists. It is. And so when Jesus, when God told Moses his name, he did not say, I do what I do. He did not speak about himself as, 
I do what I do, or I go as I go, or he didn't speak of himself in the sense of something that was transitive, something that had action in it. He spoke of himself in the word of existence. I am intransitive. I am. I sit here. I exist. And so when we come to prayer, we're coming to the one who is. And so if we're coming to join or recognize that we are in him, with him, in him, before him, and be in his presence, that working comes out of our recognition that we don't do anything to be like him at that moment. We are there because he is there. He is we are. He is the vine. We are the branch. We exist. Structurally, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, you exist in God. Structurally, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, you exist in God. You don't have to come to prayer and try to hook yourself into God. You exist in God. Colossians says that you are seated in... Oh, Jesus, help me. I'm just going to get preachy. I'm worn out, and I don't know why I want to feel like preachy. I'm like... Uh, You are seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It is a position, a structural position. You exist. It is, this is a sanctuary. Structurally, it's got a roof. It's got two doors. Those doors don't have to make themselves beyond there. They're hanging on there. We don't have to make ourselves be in God. Or in Christ. Or when we come to him in prayer. We don't have to try to figure out how we can make ourselves be in there. We are there. He is the vine. And we are the branches. And so. If. We come striving. To try to get somewhere. That we already are. That's crazy. That's just plain crazy. But I mean, it ain't like I haven't like done this. <laughs> but I'm. I want to just say when you set, talk about pause, that is to still and quiet your soul, not in the sense of I've got to strive to get myself to be a branch in God. You are structurally in Christ. He is the vine. We are the branches. You are there, the same as that door is hanging on that wall. And every time we come in here, we don't have to rehang that door to have a door. That door is there. Every morning you get up, you are in Christ. Every night when you go to sleep, you are in Christ. And so you look, well, I don't feel like I'm in Christ. I don't act like you are in Christ. You're in Christ by the blood of the Lamb. You're in Christ by your choice that you made to be in Christ, to say yes to God. And when he filled you with the Spirit and he took you up, he did not take you up so you could just stick your branch on when you wanted to and then pull your branch off when you wanted to. You are structurally in Christ by the blood of the Lamb. And if you think the blood is no stronger than that, then you don't know what the power of the blood is. That the word says that he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. I don't trust him. If I was going to trust in my own ability to keep myself or do anything for myself, I would just go ahead and jump off that balcony up there, which I probably wouldn't even kill myself. I'd probably just break some bones and be miserable until I finally croaked out and died five years later. But... (laughs) That I don't trust in myself to be in Christ. I didn't put myself there. His blood put me there. His promise keeps me there. So when you pause, you're not just coming to go, ha da ba da ba da ma da ma da ma 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 
I'm gonna have me a little mama, 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 mama. Uh, It's not like a, the mantra of a monk. When you pause, you're recognizing who he is, who you're in front of. I have come to be in front and before and to stand before and sit in the presence of the Father of Jesus, who he, he exalted Jesus. He exalted me. When he lifted Jesus up, when he seated him at the, at the right hand in the heavens, he seated me in Christ. The work was done. It is done. And so that coming to that place, to know that, it will change your praying from, oh, no, uh, this, I got so mad today. I said the S word. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, forgive me. I've said the S word. Um. You know, it depends on where you're from, what the S word is. I mean, if you're Amish, it could be snot. Uh, so I said, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I've said the S word. And oh, God, I'm going to I am a branch already structurally in this vine. And all he's asking from me is yield to the juice that I want to flow through you so fruit will come out of you. Yield to the juice. You know what sap is juice, you know. Yield to the juice. But when you come before the Lord in this, Jesus talking about the true vine, he says in verse 4, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And so he's talking about abide. When you think of the word abide, it's kind of a Bible word. Uh, it's, not a con it's not a word we like use very much. Uh, let's say, Will, did you abide in Pigeon Forge this week? <laughs> You know, that would be kind of, you would be going, oh, no, we are becoming Amish. <laughs> Did you abide in Pigeon Forge? Another word is stay. Stay. If you will stay in me, I'll stay in you. Okay, I'll stay. Where else are we going to go? Who else, Jesus, has the words of life? I'll stay. Stay, he's saying. So he's really talking about, first he's talking about st your structural, the structural position you're in. And then he says, now just stay there. Okay. This is how you're made. This is who you are and how you're hooked in. Now just stay there. I don't know if you ever get perturbed or angry with God and you just want to get a hacksaw out and try to saw yourself off the vine. <laughs> um, so in verse 9, I want to focus on this part, which the Lord broke my heart with today a little bit. Uh, Jesus said in verse 9, he's, he's talking about, okay, if you abide in me, if you'll just stay here. There's a lot of action going on in Christ. If you'll just stay here, he said, there's a lot, there's a lot happening here. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Stay in my love.
So when you think about the P of pray, which is pause, you're not pausing to try to find, think about some amazing thing about God or get some revelation or whatever, but you want to stay in his love to say, okay, stop and stop and collect yourself to know structurally you're in the vine. The juice is flowing and the juice is his love. And then he's saying, if you'll just stay in my love, this is the beginning place of prayer, I'm saying. This is the beginning place of prayer. Not the recognition that you can do this, ask this, that these are the rules, these are the formula to get things answered, which there are all, all those things come to play, but this is the base bottom line. This is the core, the first part. So the first part is stay in my love. And so when we come before God, prayer at the end of the day, or especially at the beginning, is to collect yourself up from the hardness, the deceitfulness of riches, the hardness of the hatefulness of the devil and how the enemy is trying to kill, steal, and destroy all the stuff he does. The, to stop that motion and... Pull yourself to, or just let yourself be, here in his love. To stay in the place of his love. And so, as the Father has loved me, Jesus said. Think about that. I listened to uh, Mike Bickle. You don't hear him very much. He doesn't do a lot of speaking and traveling and stuff, but I listened to Mike Bickle talk about this, and I was gripped by it. And he said, think about this, how the Father loves the Son. Think about how the Father loves the Son. It's got to be outrageous. Think about how the Father loves the Son, how the Spirit loves. Think about the love in the Godhead. And so what we were done, what happened to us when we came in Christ and into a place of prayer is that we were literally grafted into this f amazing love. And so that the most important part of being a Christian is the love part. Because God is love and he that is loves is born of God. And so that piece, can't, we can't escape it. It is the, the core, the heart of it. Don't ever try to say core and heart side by side. I almost put the H on the first word in, in the speaking of that. You know, sometimes you get twisted. Uh, and so... <laughs> so... Here is this thought of how the Father loves the Son. And then Jesus said to them, here's how I love you. Like my Father loves me. How the Father loves the Son. And then how Jesus loves us is how the Father loves him. You know how, um, no matter how hard you try, to not be like the things you saw as a kid. Like a, as a parent, I would love to have not been like some things about my mother. She never touched us or whatever. She had kind eyes. So that was good. But I didn't learn about uh, cuddling, cuddling children or, or those things. I, I just never saw it. I didn't even think about it. Um, So, how my mother loved me was more along the lines of teaching me things. She was very smart. And so, if I had a problem, mother would talk about the intellectual aspects of that problem. Or if I was sick... She wouldn't say, oh, come here, honey, you got a sick stomach. She'd say, well, if you're nauseated. <laughs> and then she would be explaining that, and she would talk about the different things that you, like the baking soda or the different things you could do, and then how it would work on the stomach. 
And so, but that, and that was how I saw love. I want you to think how what G. Oh, think about how Jesus learned to love. Who loved him? What parent loved him? Father in heaven. Father of lights. Father in whom is no shadow or variance of any kind. This amazing, full of love, God, Father, loved Jesus. That's who loved Jesus, and that's how Jesus learned to love us. And that's what he's giving us. And so when we come to him, we're coming to him not uh, to impress him <laughs> with our, our great praying, either our revelatory praying or, you know, sometimes we won't get excited about our novel prayers and our cute prayers and our serious prayers and all the, all the things. And he is like, could you just like acknowledge that I'm here? <laughs> I really didn't call you in here to like do a little play for me, a little dance or whatever. I, I wanted you to just like be with me here. I don't need to be entertained by you, he says. I want your affection. <laughs> yes, babe. Uh, well, yes, of course you can. That's what you're called to when you're called to pray. That's what you're called to when you're called to, to be in Christ. So when we come to pray, if our prayers are going to have take hold in the heavens and be powerful like we really want them to be, we're not, we're not just praying to hear ourselves talk. Prayer, first of all, is where you come and sit with the Father who loves you and receive his love and let that love be in you so strong that it transforms you because of the power of his love and so uh, how this is this is the phrase that uh, Mike Bickle said that just whew, put me on the floor. How do you suppose that God gives his love? Remember when Jesus was getting ready to do the uh, Last Supper? They were getting ready to have the Last Supper. And it says that they came together and, and him being willing, he wanted to show them the full extent of his love. He wanted to show them the full extent of his love. And so, Bickle just made the statement, God gives his love in fullness. Not in measure. Now, think about that, man. Just sit with that a minute. That's what happened to Charles Finney when he said, Stop. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't take any more of this. Because when God gives his love, and as he wants to give it to us now, he is giving it to us now. But when you sit with him and you say, Lord, I've come, I've come to abide in you and to abide in the one who is full of love, has the love of the Father and is loving me with that love, and I'm in that circle of love. He's pouring out his love and desires to give you his love, as Jesus said that night. He, it was his desire to show them the full extent of his love. He wants to give it in fullness. When we think, we don't really have, I, don't, I can't say this like we, everybody, 
But for me, I speak for myself, it's hard for me to imagine giving love in fullness. Because we tend to give our love in measure. The love we've known, the love we've walked in, the love we've experienced, this, this is not true of everybody. I'm really speaking just for myself. And you think about it and just sit with it a minute. Meditate with it. That he wants to give his love in fullness. And we only have a grid to give and receive love in measure. And when Jesus says, would you just stay here? I said, Father has loved me. I also have loved you. Stay in my love. Imagine if every time, or let's say 72% of the time, uh, we'll do a study on it, 72% of the time this month, when I came to prayer, I stayed in his love, receiving the fullness I promise you, your life would be different. I promise you the fruit that we would bear praying for the sick, ministering to, the, to people that are bound in addictions and darkness, the fruit would be in another dimension entirely. Because it is this grid we have that is the one we have where we give love in measure. And we have intricate ways that we decide how we're going to give that love in measure. And he, God, is saying, come to me. Come before me. Come in my presence. Be with me. Hey, stay. Stay here. Stay in this place I put you where the juice can flow. Stay here where the blood of Christ has you covered and the juice of the Spirit can flow. Stay here and let me give you fullness of my love. And so few people in the course of the history of the Christian church have been able to do that and receive that and have that and hold that. And we read about them and read their stories and hear their testimonies and read about how they received fiery baptisms of God's love or, or saw wonders like amazing things and like, oh my gosh. But that, Jesus said this to all of them. Like the Father loved me is how I'm loving you. Stay here in it. Stay here in it. And so like we talk... Uh, mentioned on Sunday that this year is the 40th year from the revival. The most dominant thing, the most dominant sense that came in that time when the Spirit poured out was a sense of love. It was that we were staying in it, that His love caught us up, and we forgave each other for the stupid things we don't like about each other or whatever. We f the forgiveness came. And we stayed in it. We just stayed there in it. And as long as we stayed in it, it was, we stayed in it. And there was a sense of love that was surreal. Uh, excuse me. So there is this uh, invitation probably even more than an invitation. It's probably the whole thing. But it's, it seems it is abstract. I mean, in the sense of you can't bottle love, though people have tried to. Bottle love, have a love potion, get a little uh, naked baby flying around with a bow and arrow and shoot somebody and that's... Boom. Uh, 
God is love. And when we pause, if we just think of it, and let that be the thing that grips us, not, not the agenda, not the prayer agenda, not the, the thought, not the anxious thought, whatever they might be, because there'll always be those, and there'll always be multiplied, many of those. So people that live this, walk in this, live in a stronger place of release of life. Like, say someone like Heidi Baker. I can remember Heidi Baker coming, when she came here one time. I'm, I'm on the platform, we're up there trying to do music. I can't remember who, I guess Mike McGraw was there. I think we've probably been doing music like an hour, hour and a half maybe, something like that. Her, she came on a private plane or something, I can't remember, and it was a little bit later that she got here. She came in the door and she said, can you worship some more? To at least 20 minutes, i got to have 20 minutes of worship. And then, so, here we, we're like, okay, 20 more minutes. <laughs> and we're, we're trying to cough out 20 more minutes of whatever it is that we're doing. And she just goes down on her knees and hands up in the air. And then she's just lost. Because she had to have that time to connect to this. To do what she was going to do that really people were very blessed by. And she talked about deeper, deeper still getting lower before God. Matthew twenty two thirty eight. gives us the uh, the rules of uh, the new covenant. Twenty two thirty eight are the uh, tablets of stone of the new covenant. And Jesus said to them, you shall love the Lord. Oh, no, I'll start back where they ask him a question. The scribes. The Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees. They gathered together and they thought, well, we'll get him. And they got a lawyer. They asked this lawyer to question him, testing him and say, teacher, what is the greatest commandment of the law? And this is in the law. But the people in the the people in the law got so busy trying to figure out how to get where they wanted to go when they came before God. They made up so many laws to get to where they wanted to go. When they came before God, they forgot the first one. You know, it starts out here, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. And thou shalt love. Thou shalt love the Lord thy So Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment. And the second one's like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So everything of God. Every rule, everything hangs on. You shall love the Lord. So our thoughts are, I, I think I've been studying those Moravians. Me and they were so, they couldn't stand each other. And I was thinking how, you know, you can go through the Finney stuff. I used to get the Finney rules of revival and go through those rules and examine myself and humble myself and, and repent and say, God, I'm sorry that I can't stand this person or I don't, God, I'm sorry I'm mad at that person or um, 
or that I don't accept this person's doctrine. Uh, they're just a heretic. And <laughs> that's one of my favorite words. I love the word heretic. Heretic. Anyway, because it has the word tick in it, and I think heretics are trying to suck the life out of people. So anyway, <laughs> it's a whole visionary thing, and I have about a heretic. So anyway, you can do all those things, and we've done all those things, and I've done those things. But I can tell you one thing that softens your heart and breaks you down and does the wonder in you that you have to have done, and that is to have the presence of the living God come to you and sit before him and let him love you like the Father loved him and let the love of the Father come into you as Jesus gives the love that he learned how to give. It is affection. It is a moving of the Spirit. It's not something that is, you know, if your kid came to you and you said, and they said, do you love me, Mommy? And mommy said, well, I don't know. Did you brush your teeth? Did you make up your bed? Did you bathe the dog? Did you kill that heretic? <laughs> Did you burn that heretic at the stake? <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, that's just, you would think that's crazy. Because the love, you, when you have a child, I will never forget the sight of Amy. I can never get it out of my mind. What happened to me when they held her up in front of me and I saw her. Nobody had to say, thou shalt love Amy. It came up out of me. I'm saying to you, let your God, let, be in front of God. Let him love you. Let the feel of that love come to you. It's a deeper thing than a concept. It is a real thing by the Spirit. And if you, well, how can you have that? But the Spirit is here. The Spirit is real. The Spirit is not something you have to try to figure out about the Spirit. The Spirit is here. He is with you. If you are in Christ and you're loving God or you want to love God or you're anything close to God, the Spirit is there. And He, the Spirit, is God on this earth. The Holy Spirit is full of love. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who takes the love that the Father loved Jesus with and gives it to you. He's the one who delivers the medicine. Oh, Poppy. I love the Holy Spirit. I'd be dead if it weren't for How he came to me. How he showed me the affection of Jesus Christ for me. So, I'm getting a little intense. I've been accused of that. <laughs> His desire is toward us. So I've been considering and thinking about how prayer, pausing, coming before God, is not conceptual at all. It is something that is in the senses. Well, we don't want to be people of feeling. Well, I do. I do. Religion is better felt than told. Everything of God is better felt than told. Well, if you, well, I, you know, there's some things that you know are true that you don't feel. It's not that you believe them because you feel it. But I promise you, if the Spirit is with you, you're going to feel something. And you can anticipate that there will be feeling. Um... The, um, 
Fuchsia Pickett taught about the moods of God. And she kind of put, put, put God in a sense where you'd think of him in a sense of like human characteristics or like the moods. God was certainly not uh, subject to the craziness of us, the human moods or characteristics that we might have, but he certainly has uh, affection. He has feelings. Did you know God has feelings? Um, I was reading. I, I could not understand how it was that Jimbo going to that horse therapy thing in Saskatchewan gave him so much healing for the PTSD. I couldn't, I'm like, how did, how did this happen? So I was reading this article this week that horses can see on the face of a person their emotions. Horses can read the emotions of humans and they reflect those emotions. Horses. I do know a horse can reflect fear. Because I've been on a horse and scared spitless, and that horse ran like crazy and just tried to kill me. And so, you know, yeah, I understand how horse horse can go with it. But that a horse can perceive emotion in a human and reflect it back and be a part of healing a human by affirming their feelings. What? How much more the very God of heaven that we think of God as this perfect entity who's trying to make everything be the way he wants it to be and trying to get you in line or me in line and he's kind of, you know, he's nice when you do things right or whatever and not thinking of God as the one, one who is full of emotion and longing. The groaning of the spirit, the longing of God. The scripture in Isaiah talks about the bowels of God being stirred. And which is longing, like deep longing, the travail. Those things are emotion. And so God, the spirit that is with us, is full of love. So when we come before him, we, he's going to give us his love. It was Jesus' desire at the Last Supper to give it the full extent. Now, to me, the full extent would say measureless, without measure. Fullness. So, God who is feeling, because love, love is, you know, we said, well, love is, is a decision. Well, that's true, that love is a decision over and over and over again. But if it never moves where you have any sense of feeling of love, ever been greeted by a dog? Usually our dogs at my house. Oh my gosh. They have to be restrained. They have to be put up. Somebody comes to the front door like, oh wait, Jimmy's like, get them, Jane, get the dog. Because they're going to be like licking to death whoever walks through that door. Happy, 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 happy. Human, 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 human. But we very often come to God with a, a bland technicality. The one who wants to give us love in fullness. So it's not a matter of like, oh, God, I've got to feel his love and fullness. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to, oh, God. That, no, 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 no. It's not about that. Just be there. You are there. You're in there. Structurally, you're there like the door hanging on the wall back there. So just let the juice flow and love and receive his love and know that the love of the Father is coming to you and it is his desire to give it. And so that creates this peace and stillness 
and put you in a place where you can really hear from God. Because the thing that keeps you from hearing from God is your own strife and fears and lies of the enemy that's blah, 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 blah. And so when we're filled with the love of God, those things are not there. They're gone. Peace has come to rule. And when peace is there and love is there and you're in that atmosphere that is more than a technicality and it is not bland, it is a feeling intense in that place. Ministering to the Lord. You know when God came out to Abraham, he's getting ready to completely blow up Sodom and Gomorrah he's gonna missile strike them anything I better tell I better tell Abraham I'm not gonna hide from him what I'm about to do he's my friend I'm not gonna hide from him what I'm about to do so he comes out when he comes out Abraham realizes who it is He's like, whoa, get a calf, get some food. He sets everything in motion. Get, him, get some water, get some, uh, lay out a spread. That's ministering to the Lord. That's what he did. The Lord came out because he had some information he wanted to give him. The Lord would like to come out, but he can't get a word in edgewise. Because we got all kinds of information we want to give him. And so he comes out, he just wants to be with us. He just wants to sit, he wants to be there, he wants to enjoy your presence. What could you possibly enjoy about my presence, God? Oh, I enjoy thinking about how you are so different than you were when I first met you. I enjoy listening to you. I, li I enjoy the sound of your voice, Jane. I enjoy your smile. I gave you the smile. It's your best gift. I put the gap in your teeth so Indian people would want to pay more money for you. I just want to challenge you with this thought, sit with it. He wants to give us love and fullness. And do we have a grid to receive it? Or do we only understand love given in measure? Pause. Selah. I want to love you, Jesus says. I'm going to love you like my father loved me. I'm going to love you like I learned love, he says. Just stay here and I'll show you. So just, wait, Lane, can that be your phone? I thought your phone rang. What happened? Amazing grace. Every time Elaine's phone rings, David gets the gospel preached. I was thinking about that. She's right across the hall from David. So every time the phone goes, this is amazing, Grace. That's how her phone rings. I just laugh inside myself and think, whoa, there goes the gospel. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, we love you. And we thank you that you loved us and want to give your love without measure. That it's your desire to give your love in fullness. And Father, we say to you as we're learning to pray and we're leaning into you more and more that we want to learn how to receive and know that you want to give your love and fullness and we want to come before you knowing how you feel about us because of the gospel, because of the blood of Jesus. That Jesus, you want to give us the love you learned how to love with and deliver it to us by the presence of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord. 
I thank you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that we can taste and see that you are good. I thank you, Lord, that our senses can become tuned and alive to your presence and to the moving of your spirit and that we're not just going to be individuals that are gutting it out to the end of our lives, holding on to concepts and ideas that are good. Your word is good. But you said, I want to love you. I want to love you. It's not that we loved him, but that he loved us first and gave himself. So, Lord, we recognize tonight that you loved first. And we sit in your presence, in that love. And, Lord, when we come to prayer, remind us, Jesus, if we have to write it with an ink pen on our hand, stay in that love. Sit with it. Lord, consume us with the power and the wonder of your love. Lord, that night when Finney went into his, his office, he turned. His testimony said he turned, he looked to the, looked to the fire. And your love began to wash over him with such power. Bobby, he said it was like the wings of a great bird fanning him. The glory of that love and the power of it. Reducing him, changing him, making him a new person. And filling him with the love. So much so that his eyes... If he, he went into a factory one time where some people were sewing and the, the seamstresses started like making jokes and laughing about him or whatever. And wh his, one of them looked in his eyes or saw his eye fell on one of them and they just began to unravel. It, it would have been that love. It would have been that love. You know, you've seen ministers that you thought, I've heard people say, I think it's Anaconda, that people said that he had so much love in his eyes. That, some, that, that comes from that. It comes from staying in there. It doesn't come from us stirring that up. It's not a human thing. It's a heavenly, wonderful thing. It comes from the sp Holy Spirit, from the Spirit of God. Oh, I love you guys. Oh, and as Forrest Gump says, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> I feel like, uh, oh, God, <laughs> my heart's burning. I'm grateful to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Lord, thank you for every person this week that you've touched with your love, that you brought deliverance and healing to, that you've strengthened and, and given hope to. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Lord, empower us, revive us, quicken us, fill us with your love and with your life. We want you, Lord. We're hungry for you, Lord. We long after you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen.